It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Washington football team, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, everybody, we welcome you to a new episode of the Locked on Washington football team podcast. I'm your host, Chris Russell. Schedule a little bit different this week because the NFL played favorites. Uh, And as a result, we're going to hold off on the crossover edition with Chris Carter, uh, Locked on Steelers, for a couple of days and have that for you Sunday night into Monday, which, of course, is the day that the Washington football team takes on the Pittsburgh Steelers. In Pittsburgh, undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers at Heinz Field. Nonetheless, it is good to have you with us right here on the Locked On Washington Football Team podcast. Again, I'm your host, Chris Russell. We are brought to you by our friends at Pepsi. That's right. Pepsi, as always, is made for football watching. And there's lots of football to watch. But you, you. Me, we all, outside of the guys on the field, have a lack of natural and athleticism or commitment, maybe overbearing sports parents. I didn't really have that. Maybe you did. But fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of 1% of 1% of people who, you know, grow up watching football and playing football play professional football. So just because you can't be an NFL player... It doesn't mean you can't be a part of a cool league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season is different, of course, as we know, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day and keep you fueled all throughout game day. This Monday, I'll be at Heinz Field in Pittsburgh to watch the WFT and the Pittsburgh Steelers. You'll be watching. I know you can't be at the game, but hopefully you'll be refueling with an ice-cold Pepsi or Diet Pepsi. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football-watching content from our friends at Pepsi. All right, so away we go. Uh, again, the crossover edition will be later on. Uh, actually, it'll be the to start the next week uh, because the game, again, Monday at 5 o'clock. So we'll go through a bunch of news and notes here to catch everybody up. Um, Just so you know, we will hear from, on this particular episode of the Locked on Washington football team podcast, Scott Turner, offensive coordinator, and Terry McLaurin, as they caught up with reporters on Wednesday, late Wednesday afternoon. So we'll turn it around for you so you can hear from the offensive coordinator and the stud, uh, if you will, of the offense and maybe the most popular player Uh, on the team right now, quite honestly, Terry McLaurin, uh, who just continues to grow and grow and grow and grow right before our eyes. But uh, on the last episode, and and I, again, need to just be transparent here. I apologize. I actually edited the wrong 
file. Uh, I had to redo it and I put it together and I didn't realize it and I was in a rush uh, because I had a lot going on with my other job. So I apologize for the audio issues uh, of the last episode. Uh, so I wanted to be up clear, uh, up close and transparent with that. We talked about the emergency quarterback uh, addition for the Washington Redskins, Washington football team, my bad, uh, Taylor Haneke. Um, so the team has not had any additions in the last two days, but you could say that they've had additions by health, right? So here's the deal. There was no official injury report on Wednesday because the team has this weird practice schedule, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then Sunday will be a walkthrough and they're issuing out injury reports again on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, but not Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, which would be typical. Media is not allowed to go to practice on Saturday, so uh, we'll just be able to get uh, that injury report. But in terms of injuries, guys like DeShazer Everett, who has missed the last couple of games, was full go. Uh, Ryan Anderson still limited. Morgan Moses was limited, but Cornelius Lucas was full go, and he was back at left tackle in terms of being able to manage this situation. Now, Moses started at right tackle in the media portion of practice that we were able to be at on Thursday, but again, they officially said he was limited. So you had Cornelius Lucas back at left tackle. You had Morgan Moses, at least when we were there, at right tackle. And obviously, if something happened to Morgan and he couldn't play or he had to come out early, David Sharp is going to be uh, the guy, even though they signed a couple of practice squad tackles, Timon Paris, uh, one of them, uh, when um, uh, when we last left you. So, you know, some shuffling and some juggling, but it looks like, it looks like they're going to get DeShazer Everett and Cornelius Lucas uh, back for this game. Don't know about Ryan Anderson. Obviously, we'll have to track Morgan Moses on Friday and, of course, on Saturday. If I know Morgan, if I know Morgan, uh, you know, I think, you know, I think he'll play. I mean, the guy's as tough as nails. Uh, so we will see uh, about that. All right. So that's the news situation from the latest that we can gather. Uh, again, I was out at practice on Thursday. I was unable to attend on Wednesday. I'll be out at practice on Friday. Uh, so we have coverage for you also on Washington Football on SI.com. The other thing that's kind of interesting that's going on uh, is there's been a lot of questions the last couple of days from Pete Haley of NBC Sports Washington first, and then Scott uh, Abraham of ABC7 to Ron Rivera, specifically about Kyle Smith and his future. You know, it, it, it seems like, it seems like either Ron is annoyed at some of the questioning or, you know, that there is, you know, maybe something to monitor there is how I would label it. You know, I, I, I know Ron hasn't wanted to talk about this whole situation with Kyle Smith, who was immediately, almost immediately, promoted uh, to VP of Player Personnel when he first got here, uh, but they did not choose to make him the GM. Uh, there's been, you know, some bristling, if you will, about questions from time to time about that. But for him to get, you know, basically doubled up on, I think in one day or maybe uh, about 24 hours a day apart... It's kind of interesting to hear some of his answers. Um, so, you know, he didn't really give a whole lot of context other than he did end one of his answers to 
uh, Pete Haley's line of questioning as, you know, we've got to make sure we're on the same page, which I wonder if that is message, uh, if you will. I wonder. I don't know uh, if that's a message that they're not on the same page. Why else would he say that if they're not? You know, I'm not sure why else you would say that um, other than just reinforcing it, I guess. Maybe, maybe. But generally, people that are on the same page aren't saying we've got to make sure we get on the same page or stay on the same page. Uh, So that was interesting. All the Pro Bowl voting is out, uh, and you can do that on social media. Also, the My Cause, My Cleats campaign, which I think we told you about on the last episode, uh, is also very much active, up and running. You can check that out, uh, WashingtonFootball.com. And then there's also this, before we hit our first time out, and again here from Terry McLaurin and Scott Turner, On this episode, there's also the story that I had on Washington Football on SI.com, which is off of a Jason Lockenfora report over the weekend that, you know, Washington was one of the teams that had increased chatter around the NFL, which whatever that means, um, that they could make some possible defensive staff changes. And Jack Del Rio wasn't specifically mentioned, and the defensive coordinator spot with Washington wasn't specifically mentioned. But that was the strong inference that Lock and Fora made, and he did list Washington as one of the teams, along with the Cowboys, the Eagles, uh, I think the Bears, I want to say, maybe the Broncos, I can't remember who else was on that list, of defensive staff changes. Now, again, he wasn't reporting it. He was just simply mentioning league chatter. Again, you take that for what it's worth. I talked to two high-ranking sources in the building and inside the Washington football organization on Wednesday, and they both categorically and emphatically denied that there are any plans, any uh, planned changes So, you know, we have to kind of work with that, trust that, and hope that that is accurate. Um, I don't think they would tell me one way or the other, but I know they were, um, uh, let's just put it this way, they were not thrilled about the report, Uh, I can tell you that, Uh, and um, I wanted to make sure that, you know, I at least gave them the opportunity before I speculated on my own. Uh, I still believe it's probably too early to say, you know, absolutely no changes, but I am strongly leaning towards no major changes. Now, you might lose a position coach who gets a promotion to a defensive coordinator, something like that. I don't believe that Scott Turner and or Jack Del Rio or Nate Katzer are are going to be leaving. Um, You know, there's always a possibility. Things could always happen. Obviously, guys could get offered, you know, a guy like Jack Del Rio could get offered a head coaching job. He's been a two-time NFL head coach, and he's doing a pretty good job with this defense. So you could have that. But the way it was worded to me was there are no planned changes uh, at this time. Now, again, could that change? Yeah, I I asked about that, and I was told, you know, look, I mean, something – enormously out of the blue could happen, but it was made clear to me uh, that there are no planned changes, and that's all I can really go on uh, right here and right now. And again, that's asking two different people. So you have that. Uh, When we come back, we will hear from Scott Turner first and then Terry McLaurin after that right here on the Locked On Washington football team podcast. Good to have you with us. 
All right, I'm Chris Russell for our friends at Built Go. That's right. You have been eating poorly. I have been eating poorly. Now we need to be better. And that starts with Built Go. From the makers of Built Bar, you have Built Go. One and a half ounce packages you can take in your gym bag, in your briefcase, in your golf bag, in your shopping bag, wherever you are, to the shopping and grocery store so you don't grab everything off the shelves. Built Go is the best workout and energy gel on the market. It's five-hour energy without that same crash, sugary feeling, and it's natural, so it's better on the body. Three delicious flavors peanut butter honey, chocolate coconut, and chocolate mint. It's like drinking a monster drink with a third of the caffeine and better results. How about that, right? And again, it's not filled with sugar. Built Go combines energy gel with collagen protein. What's collagen protein? Glad you asked. Collagen protein promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health, and it makes you look better b6 b12 all of that b3 a little kick of caffeine visit billgo.com and use the promo code locked and you'll get 20 percent off your next order use the promo code locked for 20 percent off at billgo.com and let's go is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements maybe it's time for a rebuild or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the lombardi trophy Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, back here on the Locked On Washington football team podcast. Let's hear a little bit from offensive coordinator Scott Turner, one of the stars of the show, last Thursday in Dallas. Um, I want to start off with Peyton Barber. These last three, or three of those last four games, he's gotten a lot more touches and had a great deal of productivity. And I'm just, when you, what have you seen from him in practice, I suppose, is part of my question. But then also, too, what does it take for a guy who was kind of not really on the shelf, but like not really playing as much these, you know, those games before to come out and have the success that he's had, like I said, in three of those last four games that you guys have played? Uh, you know, Pey- Peyton's a great guy, uh, you know, works hard every day. I thought he had a really nice camp for us, um, you know, and then, you know, he did some things in in, um, in the first week. And, you know, I, um, I I don't look at a lot of stuff, but I see, you know, some things being said about the, you know, the yards per carry and everything like that. Well, he's a, you know, he's a short yardage and kind of the four-minute type back for us. So those uh, hards are yard, hard, yards are hard to come by in those situations. Um, and he's done a great job of moving the chains, you know. Um, and so for him to kind of have a little bit, more success, a little bit, uh, you know, a little more yardage, especially in this last game was really good. I was happy for him um, because he does, he shows it every day. You know, some of those games where he didn't have production, a lot of it was uh, just kind of situational. You know, we were down, we were throwing the ball a lot more. Um, so we we're using some of those other guys. Um, but for him to to do that was great. I mean, I, I, uh, I was talking with Coach Rivera and, you know, we've won four games and in three of those four games, he's gotten first downs that, that have uh, given us a chance to take a knee at the end of the game so those are uh those are big big moments and for you just being around football as long as you have what is the importance of having the momentum you guys have but also getting the guys back that you are this time like you get Doncho Inman you know obviously Cornelius Lucas is practicing again how important is it to combine those two things when you're going against a team like Pittsburgh on the road uh, this is a tremendous challenge for us obviously you brought up uh, Pittsburgh uh, I think they're about to kick off pretty soon um 
you know, and, and, you know, go play them and the change of schedule and everything like that. But they're a very good team and we've got our, our work cut out for us. Uh, I think, you know, momentum is a real thing and it's just confidence, you know, guys building confidence and feeling good about themselves and continue to work um, and grow. And I, you know, I, I made the point to you guys for a long time that, you know, we want to just keep getting better every week and, and play our best football in, uh, in December and January. And, and that's what we're working uh, and striving to do. When it comes to Terry McLaurin, we hear about, you know, the leadership, the little things, and all that. What are some of the little things that you feel he does that maybe separates him from some other receivers? He has a tremendous work ethic. Uh, you know, he takes everything one day at a time. He really trusts and believes in the process. You know, he believes in, uh, you know, our coaches and, and what he's being told to do as far as just schematically and technique fundamental wise. Um, and he just, you know, he, he soaks it all up. And when he makes a mistake, he doesn't, he doesn't make the same mistake twice. Um, you know, he focuses on the fundamentals, just his skill set. I mean, he's obviously very strong and fast. He can separate um, and he's getting better. You know, he's getting better at the techniques of, uh, of just route running. And, but really just the, the process of just him trusting the process and, and coming to work every day. Uh, and then that leadership stuff, you know, has really just kind of come about naturally. Um, because, you know, he's built great relationship with his teammates and then they, they have so much respect for him based on the, the work that he puts in and the production that he has. Is there a time you remember when you've seen some of that, um, I guess, that work ethic or the not making the same mistake because of maybe the way he approached after practice, before practice, anything like that where you've seen something that maybe was a little bit different? Uh, not, nothing really different. It's it's really just the consistency. It's day in, day out. You know, he has a certain routine he goes by before and after practice, um, you know, and, and he just he he leans on that. He trusts his preparation. Um, you know, everybody makes mistakes, you know, so he doesn't let that bother him. But there's nothing there's nothing that just pops in my head. It's just more so the consistency that he brings to his approach. I wanted to ask you about play calling and uh, just I, I guess what you've learned over the course of the season and uh, about working with these guys and about how to how to get in the flow and and you know where you got you feel you guys are right now the communication all the aspects of it compared to the start of the year. Yeah, I think uh, I think we're growing. I think we're growing as an overall offense, and and I'm part of that. I think uh, I think our communication, you know, has been pretty good. I think you know when you when you play with three different quarterbacks, you know, there's going to be. Uh, some little differences with each guy. I think overall, though, we've done a pretty nice job of, you know, not having to use timeouts, not getting too many delay games, those types of things. There's been a couple of those that we need to, you know, get better at. Um, but, um, you know, our, our, our quarterbacks do a good job of communicating to the offense. And then uh, just as far as myself, you know, every game is going to present a different set of challenges. And, you know, you got to get yourself ready for that. You got to, um, you got to recognize, you know, what kind of what kind of adjustments you need to make as the games go on. Um, but the one thing is also you need to like, you know, kind of just know when to say when, and and you're not going to win or you're not going to win the game on every single play. But you could you could very much lose it. Um, you make a mistake, and um, and so just to you know be patient, you know, be patient when you when you need to be patient, and then be aggressive when you need to be aggressive, and picking your spots. Logan Thomas was somebody you and Ron Rivera talked a lot about this offseason, even though he didn't have much of a track record. Now he's more than doubled his catches career high wise, and he's helping you out in other ways too. Just how have you seen him improve and how come it feels like this past month you've really turned up in terms of using his versatility? Why is he getting more involved at this point in the season? Well, I think, 
you know, sometimes those, those things, as far as the versatility, they just kind of come up that way, you know, uh, for whatever reason, I think that, but the other thing is just Logan, like we wanted him to be comfortable being a tight end, you know, and wanted him to, you know, he'd been a kind of a backup player that played in spots and, you know, he, he made it clear pretty early in camp that he was going to be our guy, you know, and, um, so we wanted to just give, make, let him focus on playing the tight end position and doing as well as he, as he could. And, and he's really gotten better. He's gotten better as a receiver, as a route runner and as a blocker. Um, and then, you know, as that role and there's a little bit more comfort, we've kind of just expanded the things because he does have obviously a unique skill set. So uh, we try to use, if our guys can do something well, we try to use them to do it. And obviously you can't do everything. Uh, so you pick and choose the spots. That is a part of Scott Turner, the offensive coordinator in Dallas. Again, thanks to WashingtonFootball.com. Uh, Again, we mentioned normally we would be in a crossover, but because of the Steelers game, the way it wound up Wednesday, Chris Carter locked on Steelers is uh, really backed up. So we're going to do, uh, instead of an, a normal Monday where we would be recapping the game, we're going to record something on Sunday and then have it for you Sunday into Monday uh, Uh, as a last appetizer for the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Washington football team at 5 o'clock on Monday. We finish up the Locked On Washington football team podcast with Terry McLaren next. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, right back here on the Locked on Washington football team podcast and straight back out to the Inova Sports Performance Center where Terry McLaurin met with the media on Wednesday. What is the biggest difference between year one and year two that's allowed you to be more consistent and more impactful every single game? I'm being asked to do more my second year. Um, I feel like as the season progressed last year, I was developing more and playing inside and outside. Um, But now I would probably say I comfortably play in all three positions in this offense. Um, I feel like Coach Turner uh, does a really good job of moving me around. And, you know, they ask a lot of, of me, uh, to be able to play those three positions. And I remember Coach Hoss telling me at the beginning of the season, this is the difference between catching 60 to 80 balls and possibly 100 balls by moving and move, being able to move around. And um, I feel like that gives a little versatility for our offense. I feel like that's really allowed me to see um, defenses from different perspectives on three different spots on the field. So um, I feel like I've just been trying to handle the challenge as much as possible. Um, try to learn and grow each and every week. And then, <clears throat> you know, whether it's, a, you know, seven catches or, you know, the games I may not have as many catches, I just try to make an impact when I get the ball um, whenever that is and um, try to make some plays. Terry, could for Veras. Hey, Terry, it's John. Go ahead, John. Go ahead, Nikki. It's okay. Um. Terry, Coach Rivera said one of the areas he noticed the most improvement in you is your route running. Um, just curious, how did you go about improving that? And were there other veterans you turned to just kind of for advice or just to kind of pick their brain? Um, I feel like, um, you, you, first of all, you kind of get more experience playing the position in, in your second year. Um, not as many things surprise you as they may have your first year. Um, and I'm always – I feel like – Running routes to me is kind of like 
for a shooter working on his jump shot. It's something that you're always constantly working on, constantly tweaking, but you have base fundamentals that you consistently try to work on throughout the year, not even just in season. And I feel like in the off season, I really wanted to clean up my transitions in and out of my routes, be a little cleaner um, and, and be better in my body language, not necessarily t tipping off my routes. And I feel like the way that this coaching staff teaches route running has actually helped my game in the way we use some techniques and, you know, plant drives and helping get out the routes, but also um, just the mindset and how to attack certain routes and the steps that are necessary that get you to a certain depth. So for instance, your fourth outside may get you to 12 yards and knowing that you don't necessarily have to, you know, count your steps or, or kind of have your eyes down to know where you're out on the field. You just know, off the rhythm of, of doing that repetition over and over and over again. So um, I feel like it's definitely, it definitely has improved. Um, I feel like it was a strength in my game, but I, I definitely have improved it over this season. And I feel like I can continue to um, evolve as well. Hey, Terry. Hey, Terry, John Kine, do you, what, what do you think, why does it help you so much to run routes from different areas? Um, do you, are you asking why does it help me? Yeah, how have you seen it help you? Oh, um, well, I feel like in the slot, you kind of have a two-way go. Um, you, you know, when you're playing outside receiver, you more so have um, – the, the defender kind of has the, the boundary to protect themselves. So you have to be really particular on the way you release because it could get you out of the, the progression of the quarterback in the way he's seeing you in the offense or that particular play. So I feel like in the slot, I like a lot because you have a two way go. I feel like also this offense really gives a lot of compliments and it protects a lot of the, the base routes that I run. Uh, we run a lot of counters off of those. So a guy um, that's studying our offense and studying me personally, I feel like he has to respect both angles of the cuts, both angles of the releases because we mix it up so much. So that's why I kind of like really being in the slot and you just on the outside, you kind of get that one-on-one -on -one matchup. Um, you know, I haven't really seen it as much this year, but um, it actually allows you to kind of see the defense from a further perspective because when you're, when you're in the slot, you kind of, it's really, you're really, unless it's man, you're really working spots in the, on the field. And when you're on the outside, you're mostly probably going against some type of matchup or granted there's man end zone. Um, I just think it gives you a better, a bigger picture of, of what's going on. So um, we may run the same concept out of two or three different formations. And, and that allows me to understand what Steve has, what Dontrell has, what Cam has. And it, it allows you to feel comfortable and have an understanding of the full picture, the entire concept to know where you are in the progression, where you need to be when the quarterback's ready. You're blocking defensive ends to help Antonio yeah. Gibson on the run outside. Yeah. And not just blocking them, but you're staying with them. How much do you enjoy or get a get a kick out of doing things like that? Yeah, you kind of see me smile. It's it's, it's actually kind of fun. It's a, it's a nice challenge. Um, you know, I was kind of asked to do it a little bit last year, but um, I would miss some and get some. But I feel like the technique in which we're teaching in the receiver room really helps me. It makes it pretty a pretty clear way of knowing how I'm going to block that guy based off of his stance and his alignment. Now, I'm not going to quite get all the way into that, but it's really helped me. And I've always, since college, I've been a willing blocker. I know as a receiver, if you want to be a complete receiver, you had to show up in the run game. And, um, you know, sometimes it can get a little tough because when you're playing so many plays, it's hard to really have that impact in the run game all the time. But when they ask me to do push cracks or block the ends or linebackers, 
Um, I take pride in that because if we could get that edge with the type of backs that we have, I feel like they're, they're big hitters. So um, you'll often see me once I get a, a block on a DN, I'm, I get really excited because uh, most times it's, it's a big gain and just, you know, you don't expect a 205, 210-pound receiver to come in and block a 260-plus D lineman. And if you could do that, I mean, I feel like um, that, that opens up your offense even more. Um, you know, the play is never over until the, until the whistle blows. So if you have a concerted effort by your team making those type of plays that don't necessarily show up in the stat sheet but make all the difference in the game, you're going to pretty, you're going to have a pretty strong culture um, when you look up and, and over a course of time. So um, I feel like a lot of guys on our team feel the same way. And, um, you know, it was great to see that that play ended up you know, changing the game in a way that you didn't think it would, but our defense really held strong, and I feel like that was a turning point in the game for us. Is there one play, be it a block, a catch, a route even, that you're most proud of this season? Probably that play right there. Um, I, and to be honest, to this day, I still think, well, that was just my job. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, my job is to catch passes, but once the ball is intercepted, my job is to get them on the ground. So, um you know, I actually have a few tackles this year, and I could I could tackle pretty decent. But um, I think it's just those type of effort plays that I really enjoy because they make a big F, um, a big impact on our team. And um, the way I'm showing up in the run game, I'm I'm actually getting even better um, as the season progresses. Just playing more physical in the run game, I'm showing up more on those inside backers, those nickels. And, and blocking DNs if, if, if need be. So uh, those the dirty work is still something I hang my hat on. It's cool catching touchdowns and, and making big plays, but running down guys and, and making big plays for, um, for our running backs is also even more fun. You mentioned um, talking to DK Metcalf, and he leads the league in receiving yards. You're yeah. right up there. A.J. Brown's had a phenomenal year. Just what do you make of the 2019 receiver draft? Um, I feel like it's a draft that was – probably heavily slept on and and I'm not a big guy saying oh, something slept on or you made a mistake. I don't think of it as that. Um, obviously the rookie class right now is very talented, but I feel like uh, we had a lot of guys who had potential, but you know, for whatever reason, they didn't have that type of recognition coming into the draft. And um, it's not just myself, DK, AJ Brown, but you got guys like, um, Darius Slayton, you got guys like uh, Deontay Johnson, Hunter Renfro. Um, I'm trying to think. I know I'm missing a few guys, and no disrespect to them, but you got a, you got a guys drafted from top to bottom, you know, from first round to fifth round or later and making an impact. And um, I feel like, you know, because I know a few of those guys, we all just want an opportunity to be able to prove ourselves in this league and earn the respect from our coaches and our teammates. So, um, you know, it's – at the end of the day, um, while the individual accolades are nice, you know, I'm just trying to do whatever I can to help us um, get into the playoffs and make this playoff push. So if that means catching however many balls or doing whatever I need to do, then I'm going to help do that. So it's cool to see other guys have success, um, but I never try to compare my situation to theirs and um, just try to focus on what I need to do for our team. And that's going to do it for us right here on the Locked on Washington football team podcast. Hey, guys, if you're looking for a Sunday pregame show that talks about every game and every team in depth, check out the Locked on NFL Sunday show live every Sunday morning, 11 a.m. Eastern time with Cody Rourke. 
and Ross Jackson. Follow and subscribe to Locked On Live on Twitter, Facebook, Twitch, YouTube. Don't forget to turn on notifications to be notified when the show goes live every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. That's going to do it for us right here on the Locked On Washington Football Team Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Russell. Thanks again for being with us. Adios. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.